0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Blessed Child Podcast. This is your host, Renee. Oh my God, I'm so excited about this episode. First of all, this is for all our Mooney fan club out there. I told you we would give you the tools to deconstruct the the control and unification church with the eight criteria of thought reform in the last episode with Chad Michael Johnson. So here you go. First of all, thank you for being here. And I brought somebody super special onto the episode to deconstruct thought reform with me. They are a behavior analyst and they have a bachelor's in clinical psychology. So we are going to be in for like a really fun show. Hawk welcome back. I forgot to mention you were also like a huge youth leader in Elizabeth community so welcome homies
1: hey guys (laughs) hey Renee (laughs) and in New Jersey in general because I also (laughs) was a part of the Clifton community and like I mean I helped out at workshops and stuff too so you know
0: right you want to introduce what we're doing today
1: sure so we're going over pretty much the bible of thought reform (laughs) (laughs) or like as would be better known like what people consider like brainwashing but like thought reform is the more like appropriate term right like the the less stigmatizing term because obviously brainwashing is kind of like intense or whatever so I don't remember his name already um
0: is it Edward Hunter the journalist that came up with the derogatory term brainwashing in like the 1950s?
1: I I can't remember who translated it, but it came from like a Chinese term. Like they were trying to explain what was happening, like what was happening in communist China. Um, and so they like roughly translated like brainwash, wash brain to brainwashing. And, you know, because it was like around that time of like war, um, uh, what, what, <sighs> I can't remember, but like it was like the time where everyone was just like super paranoid about like everything and you know, all this kind of propaganda was just
0: out there. Right. so. So we want to start this episode by saying do your own research, but we're going to throw you back from the 1940s. (laughs) <laughs> we, we're going to go back to the 1940s because this is where this is really important it ties into what's happening with Abe now it ties into the church it ties into American history and politics and the way we view brainwashing so I've mentioned on this show before unit 731 I've mentioned on the show before please go look it up if you have not you looked it up I'll just tell you a brief overview is that it was Basically, really, messed up. <laughs> really fucking messed up, like a few thousand or up to like half a million people died. Um, basically, the Japanese were conducting biological and chemical warfare research in Harbin, China from 1937 to 1945. So they tortured half a million people, including American soldiers, for information. For like scientific information, like how to do surgery on people when they're still alive, like how to put these organs there, like how to dehydrate a human being or like just crazy shit. On on kids and babies, too. This is real. Pregnant
1: moms. Yeah, Yeah,
0: pregnant moms. So just basically torturing. They basically dehumanized half a million people so that they could just do whatever they wanted to them, like torture and this is important because yo, yo, fool Shinzo Abe's grandpa was there running these experiments, Nobusuki Kishi. This is why he was deemed a war criminal after World War II, because um, he was running, he was part of the crew running experiments on like a lot of people. So we're talking about mass genocide for information like how do you poison these people what do they do when they when they freeze like what happens if you only freeze one part of their body like stuff like that right
1: yeah and you don't even have to like believe us you can look it up on the internet it's literally everywhere it's not even a secret so
0: no it's not
1: like governments all over the world wanted this information so they didn't care at the end of the
0: day right like it's just like
1: as long as you tell us what you learned you're good yeah (laughs) go run another country be a prime minister
0: (laughs) yeah no that's true so yeah that's what happened so um unit 731 got shut down or something happened America was like yeah we won't like charge you guys as long as you sell us the information so Mm -hmm. Kishi was like one of the guys that was like yeah here's here's what we know and This is the part that gets controversial. I don't really know what the solid fact is, but America got a bunch of like germ warfare information from the Japanese troops and started conducting their own germ warfare in Korea, like dropping bombs that had malaria and anthrax and plague. And um, that is not something that you will find easily. It's very controversial. America denies it 100%. We never did that. But anyways, when that information got back to the United States in the 1950s, people were like, wait, what are we doing? And then the American people found out because American pilots were captured
1: mm-hmm. by the North
0: Koreans. Right. And then we released back and we're like, yeah, we're doing we're participating in germ warfare. Like we're doing really bad shit. And a bunch of pilots wanted to, like, sign a petition to not do the war anymore. So America was like, wait, how is this even happening? Like, how are our own soldiers turning against us? And that is when the term brainwashing, they must be brainwashed. They don't know what they're saying. Like, we're the good guys. (laughs) They're brainwashed. And so that's when the term brainwashing came over. And so that's why everybody thinks like, oh, brainwashing, you can just make people do things and make people say things and admit to things that they didn't do. And that's how we have like this really confusing derogatory history of brainwashing.
1: Not to say that that doesn't happen. Like people do like admit to things that they didn't do right under this, at least under when it comes to like religious um, thought reform, right? Cause you're kind of admitting to all this sin that they're telling you, you you're doing, right? Kind of like, oh, like how Christianity's like, you're gonna go to hell, you're a sinner, you were born a sinner, all these kinds of things suddenly attach onto you and you have to like admit it, right? Like I'm a sinner, so.
0: Right. way
1: you are doing that you are kind of you know making someone think something that's not true so
0: yeah I could see Mm -hmm. that in in the unification church it's um being like admitting to fallen nature like Robert J. Lifton called that a false crime like you're charged of a false crime and then you internalize it and like oh the doctrine says it's a crime and I must be guilty. So, yeah, I have fallen nature. Like, that's admitting, like, that's, the, that's like, kind of a similar, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not saying it's, a, it's, like, the same as admitting to dropping, like, german infested bombs on another country.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And also, just to represent it in a more dynamic way of the history of brainwashing. And also, Nobusuke Kishi, like, he was part of a crew that murdered people. The U.S. got information from him and then put him in charge of the LDP as a prime minister in Japan. And motherfucking Reverend Moon started working with him, knowing that he had just participated in Unit 731. Moon put him in charge of International Federation for Victory over Communism. So Moon knew this dude, like very closely. Like we're talking fascist war criminals like that is the history like look into 731 it is undeniable it happened Kishi was there Moon worked with Kishi and like it's so weird but anyways yeah.
1: no no like seriously and now suddenly they don't know any Shinzo Abe oh he was barely a member oh like uh no even the shooter like you know, like, we we don't know them. That was just, like, a one-off situation, like, as if their whole history and their family, it doesn't tie to the Unification Church. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. It's it's
1: definitely the worst part of, like, still being in the, in, like, the Unification Church, because it's, like, you hear bad things happening back-to-back. Obviously, people who are not in it uh, don't know the entire history, but it's, like, now they're starting to be like pushed to question their faith because it's like, hello, uh, that wasn't the first time that was like the hundredth time and I don't know how many times you can keep covering up like the same thing happening over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, Moon Moon um, platformed like criminals and murderers and mm-hmm. promoted them as leaders like this is this is serious. This is not a joke. <laughs> This is very serious. But anyways, that's all the history of brainwashing. Um, Do your own research. As we say, you know, this is just a brief summary, but we're going to get into Robert J. Lifton. He basically printed the blueprint for cults in 1961 with a book called "Thought Reform and the Psychology of Totalism, a study of brainwashing in China. So Robert J. Lifton like flew to Korea, flew to China, studied POWs and citizens of China to figure out what was happening or document some more information in like a more streamlined analytical way of how thought reform and brainwashing was taking place. And who knows, maybe they had their own like America, American project, like MKUltra, where he was also studying thought reform. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: And he published this book. So basically, we're just going to cap all that there. Y'all can do your own research. We're going to get into the eight criteria of thought reform. So the first one
1: is milieu control. The second is called mystical manipulation. Number three is demand for purity. Four is confession. Five is sacred science. Six is loading the language. Seven is doctrine over person. And eight is dispensing of existence. Awesome. Yeah. And just to like go back to what you just said, like it's not just for cults, like this is literally for every single religion. This is the process in which. People get converted into a religion and like the way that you would go about right getting out and like breaking down everything that you went through, right? But it's the essentially it's the same process, it doesn't matter if you're an occult or not. Like this is every religious person's experience of how you get put into a church. Obviously, this one will be more extreme because it's a cult, but it's essentially the same thing.
0: Yeah. And I want to expand on that even beyond religion. It's almost a natural way of how humans organize in general. And I want to make it clear that these eight criteria are all on a spectrum. You can have aspects of these in every organization, but until they're all extreme and they all sync up like interlocking systems of control, it's not going to be a cult. So you can still have like milieu control and we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But I do also want to paint a visual for people. Milieu control is at the, like, imagine it like an upside down pyramid. Milieu control is the basis. Like, we're going to start with milieu control. It is the foundation. So we'll start there.
1: Mm -hmm. So essentially, like, milieu control, like, if we're getting into, like, the basis of it, it's just pretty much controlling everything that a person is experiencing in regards to the outside world, right? Like people are controlling what you see, what you hear, what you're experiencing, and controlling kind of that whole narrative of your reality, essentially. Like if someone's controlling that entire narrative, it's really easy for them to also tell you, okay, like if that's that's the outside world, like, let me tell you why our inside world is so much better, you know, because, so, you know, it already is, creates an association, like, the outside world is so horrible, right, it's so bad, so, like, it's offering you a place to, what's it called, like, a safe haven, almost, right, where you can just go, and, like, suddenly you'll be saved, and everything's all good, so. Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you want
0: to? Yeah, yeah. Well, last episode with Chad, I mentioned that the perfect example of milieu control would be a blessing workshop. And he was like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? And I'm like, okay, let's take, let's take that. So in a blessing workshop, the control of information and communication as well as the isolation is all there. And those are very important components of milieu control. So information, they're telling you like, how to be God-centered, how to unify with your blessing department leader, like how to unify with true parents, like how to interpret all of this really controlling information. Like you have to be heterosexual. You have to marry. You have to marry. Like that is a, like a a hard, there's no like, and if no, it's like, and And no doesn't exist. And if you say no, then you're just being indecisive and you're not unifying with your leader. Like there is no no, like that is very controlling. So that's information control. Like they're filtering how you view your own life, your potential for like your future. That's Mm -hmm. um, that's yeah, that's information.
1: So like they're pretty much controlling like what you're taking in, which completely takes away like your ability to even... Like, what our brains do to decide whether something is good or bad, worthy of our time or not, right? Like, making our own opinions of things, reflecting back on things, you can't really do that when they're telling you, like, this is absolute truth, right? This is how the world is, and then this is um, how we are, right? So, it doesn't really leave room for you to, like, be like, oh, I don't know if I actually believe that or not, especially if you're just being born into it, right? when I was growing up, I didn't even know that there were other religions. I didn't understand, like, that there were different races. Honestly, I didn't understand any of that, because we always were brought up with the idea of, like, one family under God, which sounds so nice, but I was so oblivious. Like, I was in a bubble, right? I remember this girl coming up to me and being, like, she had, like, a necklace with some something on it, and I was, like, who is that? And she was, like, oh, you don't understand. It's not your God. And I was, like, my god what do you mean my god it's like you have a different god and that was the first time I ever got exposed to like any other kind of like outside influence right so
0: outside information wow yeah Mm -hmm. wow yeah that is
1: like I didn't know about a lot of music until I went to like summer camp in like middle school and that's the pretend first time i heard like pop music and Hmm. and um rap and stuff like that and i remember like the first artist i ever heard of was like lady gaga or something
0: (laughs) oh my god dude i listened to her on OLT, and i was like what the fuck is this yeah because
1: i just grew up with like mostly like church appropriate music Mm -hmm. or like 80s rocks like chill 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 stuff you know yeah and nothing nothing really from the outside world that could corrupt my young mind because you know
0: Yeah, so this is a perfect example of milieu control. It's the Mm -hmm. lack of external information. Like Mm -hmm. your world was so isolated, and that's part of milieu control—isolation.
1: And they continue to isolate you your whole life because, like you said, there's no choice. You have to receive the blessing. No ifs, ands, or buts. So, like, and when you do, even if you can marry outside the church, you're pretty much condemning yourself and your kids to hell if you really do that, right? So, the, in reality, there's not a choice. You have to keep marrying within the church, less another – get married to another second gen, someone who was born into it, or third or fourth, whatever, right? I don't know what they're up to now. Because <laughs> um, if not, then, you know, you're kind of tainting your blood lineage quote-unquote right with that of the outside world and that's kind of setting up your whole ancestor lineage blah 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 for failure because that means that they're going to be sent to hell
0: right and Mm -hmm. these are all all examples of milieu control because none of that is real you can marry or not marry please not marry anybody you yeah don't want to
1: (laughs) exactly
0: don't marry but you don't even have to get married that's not that's not even like that doesn't even have to be on the table but let's talk about milieu control I was reading the book and I see milieu control on the internet and it's really short and summarized but when I read the book I found some new information I was like holy fuck why is that not on the internet mm-hmm. um, so in Robert J. Lifton's book he describes milieu control as not only communication with the individual's outside world and like Let's make it real divine principle here, the external world. But he also says that the milieu control manipulates the way he communicates with himself, his Mm -hmm. internal world. So even like internalizing the doctrine and being like, yeah, I'm a second gen blessed child and I have to marry another second gen blessed child. And I have to go to this blessing workshop and I have to find somebody who's also centered on God, who also has a life of faith. And I have to unify with my, all of that stuff, all of those Those are all ways you're communicating with yourself. Those are all things that you're allowed. Like, those are all standards you're setting for yourself in order to communicate with yourself.
1: I think he also is like kind of going on about how obviously um, there always comes a point where people question their faith, right? And he was kind of going to like further like what you're saying and saying that once you feel that doubt, you equally feel the pressure to absolve yourself of that doubt by like pushing to create that environment based on that like absolute truth that they're trying to sell you right like this is our belief system and you have to push for that even stronger when you're feeling doubt when the outside world is kind of like telling you that we're saying something that's wrong so the more doubt you feel the more you're pushing for that same narrative and like kind of building it like going even deeper into it right even if you feel that doubt you're doing the complete opposite just like how if you were um in the closet or whatever you're going to be like super like hateful towards like the LGBTQ community and like always denouncing it instead of just like exploring your own thoughts like you're doing the very opposite of what someone like when a kid is curious they ask questions they don't care they'll say the most blunt things to your face and be like what is that you know what is why do we look like that? Like kids don't care, but we don't do that when you're in that environment. You do the opposite. You don't question. You do everything to get rid of that feeling of even questioning
0: in the first place. Oh my gosh, you cast Mm -hmm. stones. You cast stones to see what happens. Like instead Mm -hmm. of exploring yourself and having time for inner reflection and self-expression, you'll cast stones on other people to see how hurt they get.
1: Oh, yes, the judgment. Oh uh,
0: my God. That is part of milieu control. Cause yeah, I remember when other people were like dating outside of the church or having sex outside of the church, I'd be like, oh my God, did you hear so and so? That's so awful. Right. And then, and then wait to see what they're, they they were going to say to to test my own ability to do what they were doing.
1: Yeah. That's, that also ties into like the, the fourth one, which is like the cult of confession. Right. Cause it's the more I judge myself. I accuse and confess myself the more I have a right to judge you and then it creates a whole environment of people just judging each other making everyone feel shame and guilt about literally anything that's associated with the outside world
0: oh my god wow you're so studious I love that you can just (laughs) quote that can we go back to milieu control because that ties in perfectly with something else I read in the book with milieu Mm -hmm. control that I had not seen on the internet anywhere else so basically in milieu control it's not a secret that everybody is reporting upwards you Mm -hmm. you know that everybody's reporting upwards in a totalist ideology participants may be in doubt as to who is telling whom what but the fact that extensive information about everyone is going to the authorities is always known Mm -hmm. that's in the book right So that's what we did. We always reported, self-reported, tell it up, vertical reporting, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But Robert J. Lifton says this feeling that you're always being talked about, all the information is being like filtered upward. This feeling creates a sense of omniscience, all-knowing. Mm -hmm. right so everybody around you this is part of milieu control knows what you're doing at all times it creates the sense that you're always being watched because you don't know who's going to be reporting it upwards it could be your brother your sister your parents your friend somebody like somebody else's parent but you know that everybody knows everything so instead of like instead of coding it as like oh my god these bitches be gossiping (laughs) You're you're subconsciously gonna be like, I'm being watched, but this is God. This is God's perspective. God's watching me. Um, yeah, like some just om- have your back or something. Yeah, some yeah. omniscient being is like watching you, like spirit world. It's not fucking spirit world. It's all the gossip. Okay, so mm-hmm. but that's like a part of milieu control to create this environment that you feel like is always watching you and so but
1: it's true though it is in true the, right in the unification church like it's not just your paranoia it's like it's actually people are watching all yeah especially when you live in a community that's like as big as new jersey or new york or the california community there's so many members everywhere that people are constantly watching your every move like there's never a second where you can just um <laughs> it's true you can't you, you can't think that you're alone for a second because the second you do is the second that someone sees you doing something quote-unquote wrong
0: (laughs) so I think I have this weird vague memory and it might not be correct but like me and my friends were out at night when we shouldn't have been and we wanted to go to Dunkin Donuts in New Jersey but instead of like feeling safe enough to stay in the Dunkin Donuts we're like oh somebody's mom's gonna see us and tell all our parents where we are so we like ran in real quick and then like ran out into the alley to like eat our donuts and drink our coffee because we didn't want to be seen (laughs)
1: Oh my goodness, you know, I went to the edge of my town to hang out with my friend, this one time, and I thought I was safe because it was the edge of town. Like, who, who is gonna be around? But no, 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 no. I was wrong. Somehow, somebody saw I was driving by, and they immediately called my parents, and my parents called me, and they were like, "Uh, so and so said they saw you hanging out with a boy," and I was like, "Oh my god!
0: <laughs> oh my god! Hakja." What were you doing with that boy, though, Kota?
1: <laughs> I swear to God we were hanging out.
0: <laughs> oh, so juicy. This is such a juicy Oh, yeah.
1: So, I was so bad. Yeah, I got ice cream with someone of the opposite
0: gender. Oh, oh, my oh, my God. God. <laughs> 21 days. No talking condition. Jeez. Um,
1: The worst part is, too, is, like, if people find out about that kind of stuff, then you are kind of seen as like a bad person all of a sudden, even if it really wasn't anything bad, (laughs) especially when we were younger.
0: It's true. (laughs) It's so sad to demonize children like that just for living a little. Yeah, but let's get back to the omniscience because this is important because this is like something the UC does a lot. So we have this paranoia, this like all-knowing, everybody's reporting upwards. That's a huge aspect of milieu control. But then This paranoia gets coded as God's eye view or God's perspective. So when you get caught by the community, you're expecting God's punishment. Like you're expecting Uh, like, okay, I will unite and align with my environment. It's part of control, even though it's not God. Obviously, it's just a bunch of bitches gossiping. (laughs) Your body will code it because it's a constant state of being watched, which is scary
1: hmm mm-hmm.
0: like if for you to sleep at night you're gonna have to somehow this compartmentalize the fact that everybody's watching you so instead of being like oh everybody's watching me I'm not safe I'll be like okay that's just God that's cool he can just be in the corner that's cool that's God that's my God you know what actually I'm gonna I'm gonna identify with that God because that gives me a little sense of control actually I'm gonna unify with that God
1: oh my goodness renee you're like tying into like all the the first couple (laughs) like parts of um thought reform i'm just like looking at my notes and i'm like oh my goodness she's like talking about everything at the same time oh
0: i'm so sorry no 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 this is just on the first like page 421 in thought reform it's like all kind of there i'm just interpreting it from my own perspective yeah anyways okay so that's the end of me for millieu control so you talk about the rest of millieu control
1: i just kind of wanted to tie it back to like the church and like specific examples like i mean we talked about it a little bit but i mean for people who are listening who are still in it like it's hard it's hard to know right like you know that there's all these rules and stuff but you don't really see it as a form of manipulation you just see it as like you said God wanting like this good life for you and protecting yourself from the outside world or whatever I mean I'm sure like people now they're not as like closed off in that way like they don't care they have their school of friends they do whatever they want right but when you think about it like that label of like the outside world slash like the fallen world it's like a really like it's a blanket way of seeing everybody and everything everybody on the quote-unquote outside does wrong right like our parents raised us telling us like everything that was wrong oh that's outside world outside world does that we don't do that i can imagine like for you like you tat you do tattoos right i bet like my mom would have said like oh that's outside world like outside world does tattoos we don't do that but it's not even anything like religious like we don't i don't even think we have like anything definitive on stuff like that it's just literally a like it changes your view of everything as being outside and outside is bad so everything outside is bad (laughs) if it's not something that happens like within the church then it's bad yeah we we weren't allowed to have like sleepovers with people who weren't inside the church we weren't allowed to really hang out with them like the only time i hung out with someone was like for school projects and stuff like that i didn't get to just like have hangouts normally because you know they're afraid of their influence or whatever like i was saying because they're from the outside they're immediately associated as bad people which is something that they talk about like when it comes to getting married a lot because a lot of people obviously are going to catch feelings for people who are not in the church or whatever and then people will go off and say like oh but the outside world like outside people are bad like they don't have um the values that we do they're not good people and it's like what do you mean like you're not the only people in the world who believe in like good values right you don't even have to be religious to believe in good values like but it's just it's just creating that association so when you even try, like i said you don't you can't form your own opinions of things cuz you're not reflecting you already have this idea of what the world looks like which is the fallen world so anything associated is that automatically and it takes away our ability to reflect and to th- have our own thoughts on matters that like were never presented to us as a question just like as absolute truths yeah I think that's all I really have to say about milieu control, because I feel like the rest of what you were saying, like, it really ties into the other points a little bit more. But like you said, it's the foundation. So it's super,
0: super important. Um, That really ties into that really explains isolation, the part of milieu control that is isolation, like they're telling mm-hmm. you, you're yeah, you can't talk to the outside world that is isolating. And that's part of control. Isolate somebody. Um, yeah. And to finish Milieu Control, I wanted to say there are examples in which Milieu Control, the control of an environment is not destructive or cultic. And simply put, think daycare. They control what you eat, when you sleep. They control what you're learning, what you're doing, how you're coloring, what you're coloring with, when you play, when you come back. Like that is Milieu Control, but that's not destructive Milieu Control because it's not tied in with the other eight criteria of thought reform. So these things can exist independently on a spectrum without being deemed thought reform. Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like on its own, it's it's harmless. It's like how certain drugs on their own could have been beneficial, but when they're misused or used with something else, then it suddenly becomes like something harmful.
0: Yeah, like like schools like teaching you things, but they're not like teaching you like you can... I don't know not to the extent like of controlling your thoughts and your information but they're
1: not taking away your ability to form your own opinions is the difference i think yeah like in i don't know about daycare too much but i'm pretty sure like like when it comes to school in general you're not people are not telling you absolute truths um it's more like this is history generally and this is what we're learning but you're taught to also have argument what is it called like essays based on like ethos logos, pathos you're taught to question things in an educational way and
0: like form your own opinions and to argue them as well
1: so that's yeah I think that's the biggest difference
0: yeah yeah so that's that's milieu control I think that wraps it up and that is so much longer than I thought we were going to take but <laughs> we need it people need to understand how milieu control is used
1: yeah yeah i mean it's the foundation so
0: yeah it is it's the foundation it's it's chapter one mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. in
0: in the uh the divine principles thought reform
1: the real divine principles <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay all right number two is mystical manipulation Ooh, this one is so big in the unification church
1: honestly this one was a little tricky for me to understand but i i get that it's pretty much just tying into like a lot of what you do all being for this higher purpose or mission no matter the cost to you or others I remember like when I think about this the first thing that kind of popped into my head was how in divine principle every kind of sentence would be like so and so whatever this is an idea but remember that this all comes but before your nation, your world, your family, blah blah blah. And I was like, when I was reading that, I would always be like, really before the world? Like, <laughs> but it is that extreme. Um, like the idea is right, like to get to God's world of like to get to Chungo right, at any cost to talk to as many people doesn't matter if you're being sleep deprived, deprived of food, shelter, anything as long as you make your sales, talk to as many people you can witness to as possible then it'll all be worth it cuz it's for chungil guk.
0: Right, and that's the the Channel guk in the spirit world and all that. That's a part of the mystical manipulation of this human trafficking. So I was thinking about this. Let me tie this in. So mystical manipulation is the appearance of events to be spontaneous, but it's actually being orchestrated. So like you said, like channel cooks happening, it's like mysterious, it's like it's spontaneous, it's meant to be it's God's will, when in Mm -hmm. fact moon is very much very real, very manipulatively initiating all of these steps and protocols like channel look doesn't just happen like he's got a system of control in place where there's kids in every country being labor trafficked to produce like 2.5 million dollars a month to go towards whatever efforts he want but it all looks spontaneous it all looks mystical he's got a like a, a spirit world curtain covering all of the bad shit and the crimes that he's doing so it looks mystical but it's actually like very tactical manipulation Like another one of those is the mass weddings. Like when you, when they get to the mass weddings, it all looks so mystical and like, oh my God, how did we get all of these things orchestrated? So like quickly, well, Moon was really good at like just telling people what to do five minutes before they had to do it. So when everything comes together, it's like, wow, that was magic. It's like, no, that was really, really manipulative, like abusive (laughs) tactic of getting people to do things with no foresight to what they were doing so when everything came together it seemed magical
1: Mm -hmm. Um, i mean even if it wasn't like something that was orchestrated i feel like things that even like anything good that happens right like it would be tied to like this mysticalness right like oh this good thing happened oh that means that obviously everyone was praying so much that this came to be like oh yeah like I remember thinking like because um I, I had had a really deep prayer and I was having like a really emotional moment at a workshop and then someone came to me and like just was giving me advice and I was like wow like God sent them to me like this is such a momentous moment in my life where God is speaking through her to me but I'm like, no, she's just a nice person who wanted to help me because I was crying. (laughs) Everything gets tied to being God and never, it's never us, it's always something higher or magical that we don't understand that is controlling things, right, because obviously we're not capable of that on our own.
0: Yeah, and I feel like the bigger the environment, the, the more pressure to code it like, wow, God, God is so great. This is a God-centered movement. This is God's heart and God's perspective when it's just like a lot of authority telling you what to do. It's too much. Mystical authority.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then people are just kind of left to their own devices to decide what is okay, what isn't okay. And because they've been assigned that kind of power, or that like they're instruments of God in a way that so God is speaking through them. So everything that they say goes without question. There's not really like a checks and balances system, like in the UC when it comes to that stuff. It's just like if if someone says they had a dream, God told them something was important, then it's going to (laughs) happen, you know, it doesn't matter. Mm
0: something Robert J. Lifton says is that the mystical manipulation kind of really depends on this contract of trust versus mistrust with the leader mm. or the authority. So like trust your central figure, you not know, with your central figure, like, and any, any doubts of not trusting somebody that's bad for you, somebody that's trying to manipulate you is coded as like having a lack of faith or not being centered on the higher purpose and be considered selfish like any deviation to get away from this mystical manipulation because it's manipulation is Mm -hmm. condemned because they have this contract of trust versus mistrust like you've coded as trust versus mistrust when it's like no that's like autonomy versus being a pawn like right and i thought that was pretty interesting
1: yeah so like the whole thing of like mystical mysticism, or mystical manipulation. Oh my goodness, my brain! Um, it really reminded me of like learned help, helplessness in psychology, right? The idea where, um, if you are being like I guess exposed to the same pain without any escape, eventually your brain kind of just gives up, even when escape is given, and so you would see that when like an animal was receiving electrical shocks, being closed in a cage, right? Obviously, that's super horrible and definitely not allowed now, but yeah, at some point even when escape was given, the animal wouldn't move and would just receive the shocks willingly. And the same kind of thing goes for the situation, right? Because you're doing any- like I said before, you're doing anything that goes in accordance with this like kind of mission statement. Anything that has to do with this higher purpose, right? which I guess in, in the end is for Guk, right? Everything is for Cook or whatever mission that <clears throat> Hak Jahan or True Mother would be advocating. Like I remember before I left, it was like, Vision 2020, like everything was for like Vision 2020, right? So it's always towards that one um, mission. Doesn't matter. So like you said, everything's based on like trust. But the issue with that is is it can only go so far, right, because then you start to doubt. But what a person has to end up doing is, like, go through that learned helplessness and just accept that you are going to be in pain for this kind of purpose to be, like, fulfilled, right? So you end up accepting literally any kind of abuse or neglect from the church just so that this, Whatever, whatever it is, like Cook or whatever, to to come about, right? You kind of associate like, in order for the restoration of the providence to happen, I'm gonna have to go through some trials and whatever, you know.
0: Yeah, it's like miscoding danger.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Because they have got your trust. Mm-hmm. This contract of trust.
1: If you don't find like pleasure in the pain, then. Um, <laughs> you're not going to keep going along with it, but it's the only way to, how do I say,
0: like, get through. Like, a, if, like the yeah. milieu control of the church is, like, physically all around you. Like, how do you deviate from that mentally without, like, yeah, putting yourself in danger?
1: Yeah, so you, like, have to find relief, and the only way to find relief is to... Accept the pain.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Find relief. That's so real. Yeah, you can only like live under stress for so long. You can only like fight somebody for so long before you give up and land in whatever safe position you can where you can just find relief, right? Because like I could only fight somebody for probably like 20 seconds and then I'm done. (laughs) My muscles are done. Like acidotic. I'm done. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness. I just, I hate it because, like, I think about, like, how workshops and things are structured, right, because it's, most workshops do that thing where they're kind of creating this association with pain and this higher purpose, right, because with every workshop, they plan something where it's usually, like, physically painful, right, where you have to go through something. I remember this one workshop I went to for youth pastors in Maryland, they had us, like carry these boxes on our backs kind of like in a planking position like a push-up position and those represented our person like our communities right our youth groups which obviously we, would, we loved very much and we just had to do push-ups um to the point where we were in tears sweating our arms were shaking like and i remember i couldn't bend my arm properly for two weeks after that like it hurt so fucking bad yeah yeah And, like, that's so common, right? Like, to put us through physical pain, like, so you know Moon's pain, you know True Father's pain, quote-unquote, right? Um, And stuff like that. So you understand God's heart, so you can keep pushing for this higher purpose that they're kind of pushing you towards and making you create that association through every single workshop. So I think that's why workshops feel so good, because it's alleviating you From that pain, it's giving you that, like we said earlier, that relief, right? That pleasure Mm -hmm. in the pain because it's associating the pain with a higher purpose, which makes you feel fulfilled as a member.
0: Wow. That also ties into mystical manipulation because then once you're in a workshop, you found, you feel like you're spontaneously surrounded by super faithful, devout, like unified people with the same goal. And it's like, wow, this is so magical and mystical. But it's like, no, we were all literally independently tortured for like hours to yeah. be this fucking devote. It's not mystical. It's very calculated.
1: Yeah, you're not chosen by god or any spiritual world or anything it's literally exactly for the purpose or of making you accept more pain than necessary to making you think that the abuse and the neglect and stuff that goes on is okay but it's not okay and it's not normal <laughs>
0: it's definitely not healthy wow that's intense thank you for sharing that i i I re- I remember these these things are normal. Normal um, trials and tribulations to to do as children in the church. It's very normal. Normalized. It's very normalized, but it's not okay.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. There is another one where like we had to make like a tunnel of people, kind of like people in like in the push-up position and someone would have to crawl through under them, but the kicker was that like everyone had to drop their body weight on this person yeah so i remember this one person was like gasping for her i was like actually concerned i was like jesus christ like they're about to die, like they had like a asthma attack or something people's clothes were coming off it was like unnecessarily <laughs> like it's kind of funny now but it was unnecessarily strenuous for no reason and it was supposed to like symbolize like Going through any hardship and like that, we were strong enough and capable or whatever to do wow. that. Yeah, that's intense. But let me tell you, it doesn't it doesn't take all that to to be able to go through adversity. Like when you're a kid, you might not go through as much adversity as an adult, but you're still, you know, you have your own little oh my god, like jake stole my box of crayons and <laughs> that's your university. and you didn't need to go through a workshop to learn how to get through that
0: <laughs> yeah it's super manipulative all of all of this it's very interesting
1: yeah and then like the what is it called like people say like when you leave a workshop and you feel like that sadness or whatever
0: yeah it's, it's yeah i remember this it's like um you're oh. off the spiritual high but they had a word for it
1: yeah i uh. remember but it kind of it, it just explains like this whole thing of mystical manipulation cuz it's it's bringing you to something that you think is like preordained like that you're chosen that this is like a magical thing that's happening like you said all these people super faithful coming together and now you're all bound together forever for life under this mystical purpose right and it's absolving you of this like pain that you're feeling or this guilt that you might feel for doubting or that you that you doubted in the past or whatever and it's giving you that relief but now once you're out of that environment once you're not connected to those people that you shared that like experience or higher purpose with like now you're suddenly feeling withdrawal you're not feeling that i'm sure like the neurochemical processes in our brain that are happening in that moment are probably really intense right all the adrenaline probably the euphoria after when you're
0: done when you're done and the bonding tortured. yeah and the yeah. bonding the oxytocin the mm-hmm. dopamine also if it's if us if it's on the basis of trust and then you're by yourself and like this isn't happening anymore this mystical trust is not there anymore it's like you kind of have to betray yourself like to to continue to believe in that environment
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. which is why these workshops are so popular (laughs) right you have to
0: like betray your senses until the next workshop
1: yeah that's why it's so like lonely and depressing right right Mm -hmm. it's that
0: euphoria wow that's so interesting thank you for break yeah thank you for breaking that down wow
1: yeah
0: yeah that's
1: so crazy because I don't know if you've talked about it yet like how I told you that there's ID to get into Chung You yeah, you have. Oh my
0: goodness. The the yeah, tell me more, tell me more.
1: No, cuz I just I I remember like coming to church one day for some sort of like event where we had to wear all white. It was probably like True Children's Day or something like that, right? But essentially, they were handing out these cards to all like the married people, like, all the first-gen blessed couples or whatever, and I was like, what is that? And then my parents showed us, and it was literally, like, kind of like a idea that you were a member of Cheonggook, that you were tied to this lineage of, like, pure, you know, not-fallen nature, that you could get into heaven and I'm sure that it wasn't free either. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they weren't just handing those out. like. I'm, I'm sure that these IDs come at a really high cost, you know, or a quote-unquote donation that they always call everything.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I'm eating a Pop-Tart to deal with all this stress.
1: <laughs>
0: Sugar rush. So, look, I'm so glad you bring up that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was looking into what a fascist regime is. <laughs> <laughs> Like, let's, um, let's, let's dissect Cook for a second. Okay. So when I was growing up, I was like, oh, Cook is such a cutesy, like, like dream, like. Mm-hmm. But. It's
1: mm-hmm. ideal world. hmm mm. It's, like, pretty much, if you think about it, like, the goal, right, is for everyone to join Chonokuk, for everyone to be thinking the same, doing the same Feeling the same and like they say that they're anti-communist, so why are they trying to get everyone to act and think and do the same things? <laughs> That's like literally the definition of all of this, right? Like they're trying to control every single person's thoughts and feelings to be exactly the same, getting rid of like your individuality as a person and making you um united under true parents. <laughs>
0: Right, right. Let's replace your parents with dictator, <laughs> authoritarian, <laughs> totalistic dictator. Um, the, the definition of fascism that I read a, a while back was like borderless, centralized, autocratic government headed by oh. a dictatorial, a dictate, dictator. Ah, fuck it, authoritarian <laughs> leader. Um, that's That has a, sev- yeah, that's literally trying to go with a severe economic and social regimen and forcible support suppression of opposition and i was like that is fucking moon's doctrine to a t like that is the unification church under Chunil gook because let's just call it Chunil gook is a real like in many people's head it's a real nation mm-hmm. it's a real nation like centralized global movement
1: yeah just like how um, uh, is like the real Garden of Eden to them like, yeah you know.
0: but, mm-hmm. but 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 Guk is nationless like it's borderless it can be everywhere and anywhere it's so mystically manipulative
1: yeah I know which is why he dedicated if I'm not wrong like billions or trillions of dollars to the underground what was it like like an underground way to connect different countries together so that I would or like was it a bridge? It was both. Like, they wanted to create a bridge and this underground, like, subway system to connect every single country. So we would all be, like, this borderless, unified country. Right. Mm-hmm. The,
0: the Bridge of Peace or the Road to Peace. They were going to build the bridges under the, the Bering Strait and Japan and Korea. And then they were like, yeah, you can drive everywhere in the world.
1: But there's also tunnels. I. I forget where I read this on. Yeah, yeah, the
0: the tunnel was supposed to be under the ocean between Korea and Japan.
1: They started the tunnel like the they started are, it. The tunnels are somewhere and I I don't know I don't I probably listened to it on another podcast or somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but- yeah. It's
0: it's in oh. they they started it like in japan like they built the entrance and they're like okay it's gonna cost like 60 billion dollars everybody keep giving to us so like they just built the entrance and made it look like a construction site
1: oh my goodness
0: but they i don't think they intend to actually build a fucking subway under the ocean from korea japan they just like did that as like a like a sales Pitch. your
1: money's going to somewhere good it's definitely yeah. not going to pocket like the higher-ups like salaries or anything like that
0: <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah Gook. so Gook needs to be taken seriously as like a fascist regime and like true parents like that needs to be taken seriously as like authoritarian dictatorship
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i remember like you know looking back on all this You know, like, whenever someone would doubt, like, True Parents or whatever, it was such a, like, big thing to, like, later admit to it and be like, yeah, I used to doubt True Parents, but now that I've gone through all these workshops and now that I have been put through the excruciating pain and I associate it for being for Chungal Guk. You know what? They seem pretty cool because they brought this to me.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You unite with your torturers and your captors because like the other choice is just constant fighting and that's exhausting as we've already covered.
1: And you can't do it when everything around you is controlled.
0: Yeah. You need to find relief. So yeah, that's part of mystical manipulation, which is step two of thought reform. And all of these are interlocking. You have to have multiple of these at an extreme spectrum to be considered thought reform. Cause like, I want to say mystical manipulation is also done to children during Christmas. They think it's like magical and that it's spontaneous, but in fact it is very well orchestrated. Like these presents and the belief in Santa Claus, like it's all very well orchestrated by the grownups. But this is also, I just wanted to show like another example of mystical manipulation, not within a destructive cult. Of course, consumerism is also can be debated like it's a cult but whatever right. <laughs> like I just wanted to paint a completely like different picture of what mystical manipulation is in other settings
1: yeah yeah I mean like for sure like in in general there's this idea that like The questions that we can't answer, like, have to be tied to something, right? So that we don't like freak out as a human species because we don't understand the entirety of our existence, right? So it's always usually tied to like, uh, the universe or God or you know just, and it kind of just, what is it like a thought stopping cliche, right? Like everything happens because of this, everything happens for a reason. your suffering is definitely going because something in your future is going to tie you to Chum you're going to serve a really good purpose and you're going to serve this world and you're going to do great things. So everything just gets tied together and that's like how it is in the real world too, right? Because we can't, I mean, that's probably why religion exists, right? Because you can't just go through life not thinking it means something. And it's really easy to just tie it onto this already pre-existing idea of, like, God and a higher purpose so that everything you do doesn't feel like it's for nothing. <laughs> it's just easier to, for it to come from, like, a group than from an individual, and that's where you kind of lose yourself.
0: Yeah. I feel like you were constantly told, like, your life should be for a higher purpose, Hopjo oh no
1: yeah all the time every bad thing that ever happened to me it's like oh it's because you're destined to be like great you're supposed to because i i don't know if i've met any other person who has named the same thing i don't i'm not sure but they were always like you are the only like chosen daughter of like true mother to like you know eventually become like pastor whatever do great things in the church to lead and whatever things like that I always just heard stuff like that. Like I was like a princess of jungle cook and things like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Shit, this hits deep. This is serious. Wow.
1: Yeah. So everything I ever did was towards that idea that they created for me of who I was.
0: Yeah. That's really isolating. It's just <laughs> confusing.
1: It's just like my whole identity was tied to that. I guess like that, that mission, yeah. you know, it was all about. My whole life was tied around mystical manipulation just because of my name.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's huge. Hakja.
1: Yep.
0: And for the listener, but- Hakja is named after Moon's wife, Hakjahan, who is now the fascist leader of Tunnelguk. <laughs> mhm. Oh my Love god.
1: That. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. All right. That I think that wraps like I think that thoroughly wraps up mystical manipulation. How do you feel about that?
1: No, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a basic but, like, at the same time complicated thing because it's, like, how, how do they do it? Because we're not seeing all the back, uh, background things that are happening, right, when it goes into planning this manipulation.
0: Right, the orchestration. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they use the tactic of announcing things five minutes before it's due. <laughs> 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 Last minute so oh, yeah, people we
1: suddenly found this couple on the street that's willing to be blessed and
0: oh my and god. god
1: brought them to us and
0: oh well god. Yeah. Well, if you watch any of FFWPU's um, Facebook posts, they're like, "Well, we were supposed. We just came. All of us just came to Korea to meet with True Mother about this educational seminar that we're supposed to be learning. But, but we just got here, and five minutes ago, she changed it. So we're gonna be going to an eight-hour lecture, and we gotta practice some dance moves for a dance offering. And this must be to unite with Mother's heart and to really see her, her devotion to God and. I, and, like, it's like, no, motherfucker, you just been juked. Like, you've just been juked out. Oh it's part of mystical manipulation. It's part of you thinking that, that God's pulling the strings when someone's just fucking with you. Oh. Like, like, keeping you on your toes.
1: I just wonder how many people in the church who are, like, actually schizophrenic and telling them that the spirit world is telling them things and, like, controlling things happening is going on. <laughs> yeah there's you know there's like a lot of those people who are like labeled as like these spiritual spiritually sensitive people who can see things or whatever, and maybe some of that's true, but I feel like a lot of it is probably just like mental instability,
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, and this doesn't help. this does not help this like environment does not help those people nope, nope, nope. No.
1: instead it just further it, they're used as pawns to bring people even deeper in to believe in this minis- uh, mystical manipulation oh my god these are yeah. all such tongue twisters they
0: are mystical manipulation man that's intense mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah but yeah i think that's about it for oh. for that okay um mm-hmm. So we got through milieu control and mystical manipulation. I think that's awesome. Guys, that's a lot to think on. This is just Hakja and my own interpretation of these things. Please do your own research. We just wanted to make it super clear that these are the eight criteria that work in conjunction with each other to create thought reform. hmm And there's eight of these, so they're probably going to take us another four hours to get through them. So I hope you really enjoy hak and me speaking about thought reform.
1: (laughs) This isn't just like our take on it, right? Like this isn't just about perspective. This, when we say, like when I was joking earlier that this book was like kind of the Bible of like thought reform, I guess, quote unquote brainwashing. I just say brainwashing just because like, I feel like people will understand that term better, at least initially, right? until you actually do your research and kind of understand everything that thought reform actually is and isn't. Is that like, this is something that governments, countries were after, that people were pardoned for mass murder for. Like this isn't just some abstract idea that came from nowhere. This is like something that was researched thoroughly and is used like all the time since like the 19, the experiments ended in like 1940 for the, what was it? Yeah, Unit that 731. Oops, right? Like, they didn't just experiment on like half a million people for nothing. Like, this is real. It's not a joke. It's not. And you can deny it as much as you want, but the research and the history is out there. The political associations are out there. Like, the receipts are out there. If you choose to look them up, that's up to you. But, like, you can't just deny it and not do your own research.
0: Right. And then, America, once they got the information from Japan, they started running their own brainwashing projects mk ultra that's very real too like that is very real think mm-hmm. stranger things if you don't know mk ultra stranger things is based off of the mk ultra experiments it's basically really? mm-hmm, yeah with the sleep de- the sleep deprivation the the water deprivation tanks the use mm-hmm. of lsd for mind control and of course they were deemed like when the projects were shut down it was deemed a failure because it's like oh brainwashing actually isn't possible you can't permanently turn somebody into a robot like you can't just snap your fingers and somebody's gonna obey your commands that's not possible so that's the connotation brainwashing carries but thought reform is possible and thought reform is analytical and a scientific approach to controlling people's environments and how they view themselves but it's also not permanent like also robert j lifton said none of this is permanent Mm -hmm. so it's just really interesting to dive into all this stuff and it yeah and it and you should know because this book was published in 1961 and after that book this book was published like guess what all these fucking cults started coming out of nowhere they got the blueprints for thought reform there was mm-hmm. Jonestown and the the Moonies yeah. Yeah. the Manson murders there was um Heaven's Gate there was David Koresh and Waco and <laughs> all these cults right
1: yeah no it's it's not by surprise i just i already know i already hear people saying like oh but that's just your opinion that's just your perspective that's just one book no like this is the book there are multiple like books now and psychologists and different people who have had their take on this this is just the very foundation this is like the divine principle of thought reformation
0: (laughs) i love that the divine principle of thought reformation (laughs) The divine principle of thought reformation, oh my god, that could be, (laughs) I love it, okay, cool, so me and Hakja introduced it, Uh, for any of you other psychology nerds out there, y'all are welcome to join our panel, I don't think I'm going to release it in order, because these take a lot of time to prep, and while I'm, you know, you know what I mean, like, I don't think I can just do them in order, because that'll take like, maybe two months, (laughs) Right, because like you can only do one of these like a week, and we have so many more to get through. What is it? Okay, so if anybody wants to join us for deconstructing the demand for purity according to Robert J. Lifton, and then there is the confession, and then there is sacred science, loading the language, doctrine over a person, and dispensing of existence. We're gonna get through all of these,
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um and. If you guys are interested in the book, it is online at the PDFs, if you look it up.
0: It's Thought Reform and the Psychology of Totalism. And I believe the eight criteria start on page 419. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, I found the PDF.
0: Nice. (laughs) It's out there. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys.
1: Bye.